Blessings, and welcome to Arms Upheld, Support in Life's Hard Battles. I'm Lynn Pierce, and I'm here to hold up your arms with encouragement, something to think on, and a prayer to focus on the one who holds all things together while you continue to fight the battles in your life. In the midst of battle, life can feel overwhelming, challenging, or beyond. I don't know what God has called you to do, what battlefield you are walking through, but at times you may find yourself feeling this way. I want you to know that even though your battle likely looks different than mine, I'm here to support you. I want to stand with you until the breakthrough happens and you can see the victory materialize. My hope is that these few minutes we spend together will help you lighten your load, feel seen, connected, and loved, and fix your eyes on Jesus. Let's begin with God's Word. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only prophet of the Lord who is left, but Baal has 450 prophets. 1 Kings 18.22 Today, we pick up Elijah where we left him on Mount Carmel. He's standing before the people of Israel, facing the silence of their indecision in whom they believe. Silence. Here stands Elijah, the only one willing to speak up for the Lord, against 450 prophets of Baal. If we back up, verse 19 tells us there's also 400 prophets of Asherah. It's overwhelming odds. It's got to be dangerous just to be there. The situation seems impossible from a human standpoint. But that's not where Elijah is standing. He's standing in the power of the Lord. You have probably heard this story a time or two, but let's continue the journey with Elijah. I want to focus on his position and the words that come forth from where he stands. Elijah gives instructions about the demonstration that he's proposing to determine who truly is the one true God. I'll paraphrase. Bring two bulls. You guys choose which one you want. Cut it into pieces and lay it on wood on your altar, but do not start a fire. I will prepare my bull the same way. We pick up in verse 24. Then call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God. And all the people agreed. Elijah invites the prophets of Baal to go first. They call on Baal from morning until noon. Verse 26 tells us, There was no reply of any kind. At this point, Elijah begins mocking them. He entices them to shout louder. He offers comical, albeit coarse, comments of where Baal might be. Perhaps he's daydreaming, relieving himself, away on a trip or asleep. Now, I'm not suggesting teasing or insulting people. However, look at Elijah's confidence here. He is so confident in the Lord that he is sure God is going to show up and show off. 
that he is taunting his 450 opponents. I'm guessing that while we are amused by these comments, they were not. In the face of impossible odds and extreme tension building, Elijah remains firmly planted in his position of believing God for a miracle. We continue in verse 26, in which the Bible tells us that the prophets of Baal shouted louder and began to cut themselves until blood gushed out. Desperation reigned the rest of the afternoon, and there was still no response. Now, it's Elijah's turn. We pick up in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 30. Then Elijah called to the people, Come over here. They all crowded around him as he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down. He took twelve stones, one to represent each of the tribes of Israel, and he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. Then he dug a trench around the altar, piled the wood, and laid the pieces on it. After that, he had water poured all over the offering and the wood, so much so that it filled the trench. Now we read verses 36 to 39. At the usual time for offering the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all of this at your command. O Lord, Answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. Immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench. And when all the people saw it, They fell face down on the ground and cried out, The Lord, He is God. Yes, the Lord is God. A miracle. Can you imagine standing there all day, nothing but watching these guys dance and hobble around shouting and bleeding? Then Elijah steps up, intentionally and reverently creates a meaningful altar and prepares the sacrifice, then drenches it with priceless water. He prays, and whoosh, instant inferno consuming everything, yet we stand there safe. What does Elijah pray? Are these magic words? He prays to the Lord. He shows he knows God. This is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He asks God to reveal his glory. He speaks his beliefs. Show these people you are who you say you are. Confirm for all these people what I already believe with every fiber of my being. 
that you directed me here today to do this very thing so that the people of Israel can return to you. Elijah is standing in confidence of what he knows the Lord has asked him to do and in the belief that God can do the impossible. And he is here for God's glory, not his own. We are all familiar with overwhelming odds and impossible situations. I'm facing one now. You probably are too. What if we stood in Elijah's footprints? What if we stood so confident in God that we could scorn the naysaying circumstances in our lives? What if we believed with every fiber of our being that God was about to do the impossible? How would our perspectives shift? The outcomes are out of our hands. The glory belongs to God and whatever he chooses to do. But if we are that confident in him, I believe our faith will be rewarded. When we face our own desperate situations, what should we cling to? Romans 12.9 tells us to cling to what is good. Is that our abilities? Our accomplishments? The system? Fallible people? Jesus is the only answer that makes sense. While we cling to Jesus in the battles we face, let's believe he can do the impossible and watch expectantly for him to show up and show off. To God be the glory. Today, let's pray the prayer of Elijah, not because it's magic, but because it's power-filled words of belief in the one true God. O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God and that we are your servants. Prove that we have done all of this at your command. O Lord, answer us. Answer us so people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. May our lives be a testimony of true faith to others. To you be the glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me. Your time is precious, and I appreciate it. We're going to be hanging with Elijah this summer and seeing how his journey can help us reflect and grow stronger in our faith as we continue to fight our hard battles. I hope you will stick around to hear more. If you'd like to read on your own, Elijah's account begins in 1 Kings 17 and continues through 2 Kings 2. I'd also like to invite you to check out my recently launched website at hlynnpierce.com. It's one more way I can connect with you. You can claim a copy of my prayer victory for free by subscribing to my twice-monthly encouraging email called A Taste of Tranquility. 
This is to help you step from the swirling winds of life's storms into the eye for a moment and refocus on our anchor, Jesus. I hope to see you there. As always, your battle may look different than mine, but let's stand together. I'll keep your arms upheld until victory is real in your life. Remember, God is for you, and so am I.